0: Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beeky. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health and related subjects the content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice thank you for joining me for episode 8 of season 3 of this osteopathic life i come to you today on location in kalamazoo michigan i am staying in the home of my sister and her family while they are away on spring break And in the interesting time of COVID, this is the way in which we are interacting from a distance, from afar, while apart, sharing different experiences together and making the most of the situations. To be honest, I intended to record a podcast over the weekend to get back on the rhythm of solo episodes on Saturdays and conversations out on Sundays, but I really lost track of time a bit and just out of routine. And so here we are. But I always trust that the episodes arrive at the time that they were meant to be here. And the concept actually that I'd like to talk about today really did emerge over the course of the weekend. And as I sit and look at some sunshine into which I will walk with my kiddos following this episode is a reflection on a couple things that have transpired that are relatively connected. So we'll draw those threads in here. So the first stop on our spring break venture was my mom's house, my childhood home, and we spent some time there, you know, safely and shared a meal and a walk about town looking at the different streets. I grew up in the buildings in various states of being, repair, disrepair, absence. You know, it's been an interesting evolution to witness the impact uh, industry shift and urban sprawl and to think about all that's evolved. My mom has lived in her house since 1965 and to think about what that neighborhood looked like then and in my own childhood and teenage years and then now and to see that and to see the consistency right, of her home, of the hospital uh, across the street from which we live and then the changes in a lot Of the spaces around that. And I had the experience of searching one of the trunks of materials and finding some historical notes from a relatively trying, perhaps one of the more trying times in my life that I can recall, which is really in that fifth grade space. I remember the difficulties of that year, and I remember a lot of details about it. Our teachers went on strike that year, and it's so interesting to think about you know what the kind of general global universal energy in societal impact was happening then you know people setting up boundaries, advocating for themselves, noticing unfair treatment in that space, and how that actually was happening on a different scale for me personally and for many of my classmates in that time, and I know I was not immune from having contributed to the angst in that time because when you are hurt. You tend to hurt others. That happens. And for anyone listening who may have been my classmate in that time, I send my love, my thanks for being there, my apologies for contribution to the difficulties of that time. And to all of us now in this mode, many of us as parents, a lot of grace and space in navigating this time with our children and to our own parents, appreciation for seeing us and hearing us and perhaps not knowing how best to support us in that time and to our teachers for all that comes up in that time, you know, how much is shifting, how much is challenging in those years, right? Turning 11 and 12 and then 13, moving toward, you know, that sixth grade realm and wow, right? Just a reflection and then seeing it in writing, seeing some notes in writing and seeing this really deep need for external validation, which could be totally appropriate socially and developmentally, could be certainly reflective of my inherent personality. And as I've shared with you, being a six on the Enneagram and looking for that validation and that sense of belonging, recognizing that interval in my life of moving from the private school system where my family had always gone and being you know, the first one to really have a, a significant foray into the public school system for four years under the label of gifted and talented. And we could talk about certainly what that label means because certainly all are gifted and talented in lots of different ways and in ways that aren't always nourished and nurtured. And having so much gratitude for that space as I shared with you how much my experience with music meant to me. And I can see lots of benefits that I had from those four years in that space, lots of challenges too. And I saw them in writing right on the paper relationships that were initiated and that evolved in different ways because of departures from that system. But music was born for me in that experience. And I know certainly that was the reason I entered into that environment. And I really can't say that it would have happened any other way. And so for whatever trials and tribulations emerged, so many amazing opportunities and lovely people that I met in that time came through, but my relationship to music in that space was so important. So offering to all of us a reflection that we can look back at what may have been the most difficult time in our lives and to see the threads in our lives that we benefited from in that space. And so that's a bit of an aside, but it was a key part of that experience. And I really could only read a few of them and I haven't moved to make any full destructions. Of them, but it was fascinating to to take it in and just to see what emerged in that space. Another thing that happened while I was in my childhood home was an encounter with the scale in the bathroom, and to be perfectly honest, I've had a pretty open relationship with weight my whole life. I've been aware of weight, and I definitely have some times when I might associate with it in not a most positive way. But I've also come to a realization about my body type and functionality and letting weight not be the primary measurement of success or of health in that space. To give you a little bit of background, and I shared a little bit about this as well. You know, growing up, I was a vegetarian for a long time and ate exclusively bread. And maybe someday I will record Um, my story time, my storytelling around my love affair with bread and put it up on the podcast. That could be a fun um, separate episode. So note to self to put that through. And I exercised a lot. You know, I had done some review again, a different time looking in a different box and finding a different journal of the exercise. I would go to aerobics before class. In school, and I would go to my sports training practices, and I utilized the YMCA and different levels of Nautilus and free weights. But in general, I identified as an endurance athlete. I ate mostly carbs, and I was fit ish, right? I was pretty fast and I could do a lot of things, but I was not very muscular. You know, I was bigger than an average runner in general, and I think I told you when I had my knee surgery, I was associated as being larger bone, a bigger structure, and that's why I was bigger than an average runner, and my orthopedic surgeon told me I had the finest, meaning, you know, thinnest, most delicate bone structure he had seen, so that didn't really justify my course, but I did have a tendency to put on muscle, and the first opportunity I had to really engage with that was in college. So I made the switch. I decided not to run in college and entered into rowing, into crew. It was a great match for me. And I began at 125 pounds. I qualified as a lightweight rower. And it was interesting in our school, we had a lot of lightweight rowers. And even sometimes our coxswains were about the same size as us. And we could swap in and out. But the first season of winter weight training was the first time I really did some intensive weight training and more really aggressive interval training with the ERGs. And I put on 20 pounds of muscle in a matter of months. And I remember coming home for a family event and my shoulders were wider. You, I mean, it was very obvious, right? 20 pounds of muscle shows up differently in your habitus. And I felt pretty good about it. It wasn't super well received by some of my family members. Like, well, you know, you're so big and some of the commentary around it. But it was functional, right? And it, it made my rowing times Better And I was a stronger contributor to the team, though no longer eligible for lightweight status. And that was interesting. And the first time I had to identify with my weight disqualifying me from something. But in any case, you know, I made my peace with it. I did notice it made me a slower runner. And having all of that muscle made it harder to move, right? And if you think about if you wore a 20-pound weight vest, you would likely run slower. And while some of the muscle in my legs could help with propelling that, it didn't really lend itself to that functionally. And I ended up leaving rowing for a time my freshman year after suffering a knee injury, some different, again, social challenges that comes up here as a common thread, and moved back into running. And I ran my first marathon as a freshman in college with the team and training initiative, fundraising for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and going back to that faster, lighter weight speed at this time, still still a vegetarian in this. And I used some weight training, but I never went back down below 135, so I moved down from the 145 mark, but then this new set point was 135 because I didn't let go totally of the weight training, and actually I was okay with that, right, because I preferred that feeling of strength, core strength and upper body strength, and actually the appearance, right, there was more muscle tone and definition in that space, and so that was really where I reset to somewhere around that 135 mark, sometimes a little below, sometimes a little up, but really that was the new set point, and that seemed Pretty reasonable. And I entered into triathlon and they're picking up more swimming, right? So you're building muscle in different ways. And I remember writing a blog post around the time I was training with you know Team USA to race in the long course in, uh, world championships and noting, right, that I wasn't a runner anymore because I bicycled, right? And your your legs do different things for that. And then I swam and your shoulders shifted for that. And so I carried around more weight right? But I was still pretty good with the run. That was still my strength. And also I embraced it knowing, right, that the strength that helped me in each of those disciplines, I was willing to make that shift for those. And then enter in CrossFit and a return to that more significant weight training and entering gymnastics movements and certainly finding lots of margins. We talk about growth at the margins. A lot of that happening in there. And really, you know, Fluctuating again more toward the higher end of that landmark, but appreciating the appearance that went with it, appreciating the functionality, appreciating being able to move a barbell, and then functionally in my life having more general strength. And we'll take a little pause in there. So I had three pregnancies, and I was pretty consistent with my weight gain with each of them, interestingly, even with the first one having had undiagnosed gestational diabetes. And it was around the 29 pound mark. And I was back to my normal weight within two weeks, you know, and not saying that's normal or appropriate, but that was just what my body did, right? It defaulted back to that space. And that was actually without exercise, especially my first pregnancy. I was precluded from exercise due to preterm contractions, Um, but I did breastfeed all my children. So there was a lot of caloric output there and I default toward lighter weight and skinnier I don't exercise, you know, for good, bad, or otherwise. That's what my body does. And so I was able to associate that, you know, and, and deal with weight gain in a, a functional way through each of those. And my latter two pregnancies with a lot of diet control to maintain a normal blood sugar, which I was grateful for. And it was actually my first pregnancy that led me toward eating meat. And there's been an evolution now to where I don't eat grains at all. And you know, I eat more in the paleo realm, and sugar comes in and out of there. But that's a fascinating investigation as well. And I also, this past year, had had two months of a whole 30, or for the better part, you know, two out of the three months of the new year, eating no sugar, grain, dairy, legumes, or alcohol. And three of those five I don't eat at baseline. And I was finding I was actually eating more to stop myself from eating some of the treats. And so all that to share, give yourself some grace and space around those places, so here we are and I'm back at my mom's house having had the context of what my set points were and the different body habitus and so I stepped on the scale. I couldn't not <laughs> and even as much as I kind of already knew right because I could feel in myself and I can see myself visually you know in a mirror in pictures and figured I was at the high end of my range. I have been running slower right and that usually means I'm carrying more mass around with me. I've been lifting heavier recently you know i have been continuing to lift weights in my backyard and garage gym and i don't have a squat rack so i don't often lift very heavy but even just this past week i had come pretty close to some of my one rep maxes for certain lifts which usually means right there's more muscle mass happening in my body so i already knew i was at the high end of my weight range but i didn't have an official objective data point right so i stepped on the scale and it read 144 And I said, okay, right? And immediately there are thoughts of, like, that's high, what are you doing? No wonder you're so slow, right? This dialogue ensues. Don't be surprised by that, right? When we come on there. And actually, my mom kind of exclaimed, whoa, you know, 144, that's high. But she said, but you're all muscle, right? It's all muscle. And for reference, I'm five foot five. I used to try to get five, six, but really it's five foot five. And I haven't done the actual math. My BMI would be kind of high, taking me somewhat to the high end or even out of that normal range. Which I've learned to not get caught up in, right? That's not the true measurement of what health looks like for me. And this past week I had done a video recording of some lifts of that the higher lift that I had gotten to. And visually there's a lot of muscle, right? You can see my abdominal muscles, you can see my shoulder muscles, you know, it's a muscle-bound picture in that space. And many might think, right, if you hear that number, that's a problem, right? That's too high. And if I think talk to my runner self, right, it's heavy. Like, this is why we're running slow when we're out there. But recognizing what it means, right? And it means right now functionality. And it means capacity to train. And I immediately tracked back to the time when I was injured back in 2018. And right prior to the injury, I was probably at this same weight. Again, I, I didn't really measure very much. But if I think about capacity and certain activities and appearances at that time, it's pretty similar to now. And then two months of inactivity dropped me down and actually for the first time that I can recall in my adult life took me back under the 135 and even I think under 130. That might have been the only time because I was allowed to do nothing, right? I wasn't allowed to walk more than a block. I wore a binder and saw my patients. I had to get driven everywhere. You know, I couldn't even do any stabilization exercises because I was resting this torn abdominal muscle. And so it was there all the muscle went away, right? And I could see it. And interestingly, I got a lot of positive feedback. You look so good. You're so thin. You know, this looks so nice. And also that it was nice that I was no longer always going to the gym. And I train a lot, although much more composedly in recent years than in different intervals of my life. But it was true, right? Consistently, I will do something pretty much every day. And if I was visiting someone, that would mean finding a gym to go to or taking time to map out a run and going. And so it could be seen as interruptive and cumbersome even and obsessive, certainly for some. And so I had all this feedback that it was so nice, you know, that I didn't always have to exercise and how much better I looked and, and to take that and process it and decide what I wanted to do with that. You know, do I believe that? And as I began to train again, and I looked at the picture, right, my very first workout after injury, and I was so happy, right, to be able to go on this really casual run walk. But that is what I identify with. And I appreciated how easy it was to not train, because it was, it's, you know, you have to pack fewer things. Whenever I go anywhere for traveling, I have just as many outfits for exercises I do for, you know, work and business and well, respite time. And it was, right? You didn't have to find anywhere to go. And it, it did take up less time. And I actually you know, ate less food. So from a budget standpoint, it was overall more efficacious. But right, it wasn't me and it wasn't fulfilling to me and it wasn't being true to my whole self. But as I started to train and naturally gain weight, gain muscle mass, I would get some external feedback, but realize how much I had internalized it. Right. So thinking, wow, people really appreciate it when I was more available and I looked this way and then seeing how much we kind of honor certain body types and what that looks like. And then also the surprise, whenever I would share my weight, you weigh that much, you know, as if it were a problem. And and then there was one picture I had somewhere in the last year, maybe six, no, probably a year ago now. (laughs) Time moves so much differently. And it was after a workout. And I looked quite muscular, very defined in this space. And I hesitated to share the picture, whether it seemed boastful or what judgment would come from it. And then at one point, it came up and I did. And your thoughts become your results, right? (laughs) And I got all the feedback I anticipated. Some saying, wow, you know, impressive goals, amazing. And some that said, oh my gosh, too much. Like, why would you want to look like that? And, you know, not feminine, all these different comments that come from it. And just thinking how much, you know, we allow ourselves to have an opinion, you know, on someone else's appearance, what we internalize, and then how much it can start to mess with our heads as to what we should be and how we should be and what is good and what is effective. And even really identifying as an athlete, really appreciating the functionality of my body, knowing how much I lamented the loss of that muscle those two months and watching it all just fade away was really traumatizing. And yet as much as I was ready to build it back up, I heard all those dialogues around, might not be a plural word already, but you know, that it was bad to put on this weight and to gain this muscle and to spend this time and don't get injured again, right? To be sensible about it. And so recognizing we have so much noise to navigate through. And so I offer this to you If you have had any challenges with your weight, with your appearance, with your functionality, with opinions, with appearance, you know, with judgments, I hear you, right? And it really all still comes back to us loving ourselves, right? Us knowing our why for doing things and us honoring all the different versions of us. And so what that means is I close my eyes and I can see them. right? I can see all the pictures. I can see the live versions of me and all those stages of being and love them all. I love that doughy bread loving runner, all pun intended, and the light weightedness that made me fast in that time and loving the capacity to put on muscle and show up, you know, and pull fast times for the boat. And then the capacity to shift it and return to that running space and then modify it and become that triathlete that could hold space for all those three disciplines simultaneously and then move in to the CrossFit model And have to work so hard for all those pieces and have so many still in front of me. Achievements yet to be gained, you know. And and then that injured me, who lost all the muscle. And to grieve it, but also respect the appreciation that comes for it. And the ability to put it back on in that time. And then me now, having turned 40 this year and knowing there are metabolic shifts that happen. And there are likely to be changes. I navigate in optimal intake and ideal output. And I embrace that opportunity. But it comes back to love. And I have to love and appreciate what I'm doing. And whatever anyone else's responses is, is their response. And I can love them with their responses and not internalize them. And so how does this tie in to recording the podcast today instead of yesterday or the day prior? Well, yesterday, timing was shifting it was a weird day weather-wise and like I say it's glorious right now and we're going to head out there in just a few minutes but I didn't have my usual workout plan I was on the road I had some equipment I thought about doing it in the garage I just wasn't feeling up to it I wasn't going to run but it was spitty rain and 33 degrees and I thought meh and so my sister had this workout dvd and it was a trainer I had actually always appreciated and I thought okay right this is a good opportunity it's an hour-long workout Let me just see what it's like. You know, this is a good diversification of my training. And so I put it in and got out some weights and we began and it was terrible. There was so much negative dialogue and so much body focus and not in a functional perspective. It's like, look at those abs and look at those arms. And if you want that, you better do this. And, oh, it was, it was so discouraging, But it was totally presented as encouragement and motivation. But it was all about lack and not enough and how if you're not doing this and how if you ever stop, it's a problem. And I wanted to quit the whole time. And let me tell you, and my family can attest to this, right, that convenience of me not having to find workouts. I can't recall times when I really wanted to quit. And not to say there aren't hard workouts and you're like, oh my gosh, but really, I'm in this space of like more. What else could we do? This is amazing. You know, I will do work during the rest intervals, which is somewhat deranged, you know, maybe not most effective training. But I'm much more in the more camp and true enjoyment of the workouts. And this workout, I wanted to stop the whole time. I didn't. But I had some external dialogue the whole time I kept saying, wow, that's annoying. And "Wow, that makes me want to stop, and I can't believe they're saying that and that is not helpful. So I was at least calling it out, right for myself, you know, I wanted to do it for the benefit of these people who are On the video, and for anyone who had watched it back. And then I thought, right, this is the approach to training and to weight management and to fitness and to health and to body transformation that so many people have. And I was so saddened by that. And people perhaps have had success, right? The people in this video were potentially this person's clients. And again, on a physical appearance, looked well, but I thought, how are they feeling? How are they feeling? about themselves and what is the price they're paying for that body and when it shifts how do they grapple with that and if they did get injured right and they couldn't train how do they handle that coming from a person who thought and I remember when my physician was giving me the news right that I wasn't going to be able to train and looking at me sitting and looking at me right and I told you I was in my high weight body habits I had a sleeveless top on so you could see my arms and the muscles and you could automatically know how much I identified with that He's like, you're not going to like this, right? You're not going to be able to train for two months. And I said, oh, just not this and this. Like, no, nothing. And just that impact, whew, right? If I identified only as that athlete, what that would mean, and it was already hard enough because I identified very much with the athlete, but also recognized it as something I was doing and not who and how I was. But the way it was presented in this video was like, if you ever stop, right? That is failure. And it's never going to recover from that. And I just... I finished the whole thing almost to bear witness, right? And to recognize the dialogue we have in so many ways, not just in fitness, right? But if you don't get that grade, what does that mean about you? If you don't get that promotion, if you don't get this degree, if you're not the national expert in this, what does that mean about you? And it reinforced for me the work that I'm doing for myself, right? Because the work always begins with us. And listening to that dialogue and navigating it and recognizing that I still have work to do and a whole lot of gratitude for the work I have done and the support systems I have around me. And bringing that concept forward, speaking to the health right, rather than the lack. And then coaching. And I tracked back through my experience with CrossFit. And yes, there's encouragement, right, to, to push harder, and that you can do it. But I really never heard it through the tone of, or else, right, or if you don't, then this. Right. It was really through the space of what can you do and often the time of what should you stop doing? Right. What should you scale to and where should the rest be? And how do we modify this to optimize your success in this space? And then more recently in relationships I've had in coaching in the athletic realm still that what you're doing is enough because you are enough. And this thing that you're doing is a thing that you're doing. It is not you. Right. It is not defining your worthiness as a person. And to be able to then celebrate whatever it is you're doing one minute five minutes ten minutes an hour ten hours right people can have different realms of the way in which they engage in fitness but recognizing it as an activity that they're choosing to do out of love for themselves for their benefits of their health perhaps for physique if that was the goal perhaps for speed if that was a goal perhaps for strength or power but still from love of self And I had so much gratitude for that opportunity and then also for coaching outside of athleticism and seeing that opportunity to know right, that you are 100% worthy no matter what. And then you can do all these other things and you can do them to whatever degree works for you that you choose to do and recognize your amazing capacity. It's enormous and step into it. Out of love and not lack, and not to think I better do this or else, or if I quit, then I have failed. And even that quote comes up from some very motivational places, right? The only way to fail is to quit. But also, what are we meaning by quit? And what are we ignoring when we made that hard and fast rule? Because sometimes there's information, right? Quitting, pulling the suitcase out of the car would have probably spared me the app tear although we could look at a whole cascade of events and i'm not blaming one entirely right but seeing i can power through this doesn't always have these benefits and absolutely finding those margins and there are times yes right we just got it out and we might know we have some consequences to pay but we've assessed the risk benefit ratio or we've known that this one time in our lives it's worth it or okay or again we're just acknowledging it consciously but All of this to say, right? where is the love and where is the self and where are you identifying and where can you expand and integrate that and recognize that offering yourself that grace and space and kindness and tenderness and love for who and how you are is offering everything to the world around you. Because when you have that, and when you honor it, and own it, and live it, and love it, the world sees that. And you're inviting others to do the same. And when you are offering encouragement, listen, right? And when we are coming from a space of intending to motivate, and to identify the capacity and possibility, just check in and say, how does this sound? right?" And how does this sound to this person this moment? Am I meeting them? Where they are, am I honoring their amazing personhood and their capacity for greatness and offering to them that whatever they do, fantastic, and who they are, 100% worthy, lovable, amazing, intact, no matter what. And if you are entering into a space around fitness or around the evolution of yourself into certain professional tasks or in your relationships, Notice the opportunity you have to speak to yourself lovingly and to say, I'm enough. I am who I am. I am perfectly formed. And that's not a complacency standpoint. That doesn't mean you can't make any changes. It means you will make changes from a space of love in a sustainable way that will actually have meaningful impact in the long term. And you can take it with you wherever you go. Thanks for joining me on this journey through childhood, through social challenges, through body image relationships, through weight management and nutrition, through fitness, through self-concept, and always back to the health, into self-love. This is Dr. Amelia Beaky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.